You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 294 of the Co-op Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Bailey Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going very good. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be back on this fine Sunday. How are you doing, Rich? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, it is currently about uh, 90 degrees here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh-oh. So uh, I guess you could say the summer has come uh, just a little bit early. Uh, the humidity is not as bad, but still, I'm not really a fan when it gets too hot. So we'll see how I do this summer, provided that I'm actually still here by the end of the summer. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know uh, those summers in Georgia get pretty hot. Uh, I was there briefly um, when I was changing flights or whatever. But yeah, I know it gets real hot out there. So um I feel for you, man. Oh yeah, you know, hey, sh- sh- shout out to, to to Mills also because he is originally from Georgia, so he definitely know how hot to get as well. So, but yeah, we'll 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 be okay. We should be all right. We'll we'll see what happens. But um, yes, uh, pretty much. Uh, as for this week in gaming news, uh, there wasn't really well. I guess you could say there wasn't really too many things. There was, of course, one major news story that we're going to get into here in a little, a little bit later on. But um, overall, it seems as though things are a little bit tame, a little bit quiet, because uh, every, everybody is getting ready for E3, even though there isn't really too much excitement for E3 this year. But uh, there is going to definitely be a lot of news that comes out, out of E3 and around that time. So everybody's just really getting ready for that at this point. Um, so... On that note, there's definitely some things to talk about. But before things, we get into all of that, want to let you all know what we have been playing this week. Um, so, Gary, I'm going to go to you first. How about you let everybody know what you've been playing? Okay. Uh, wait, am I unmuted? No, I'm not. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, um, I've been playing Overwatch. Of course, I have. Um, and... <laughs> Actually, this week coming up is the the three-year anniversary of the game. And there's going to be a new event and everything. So, new skins and stuff like that. Um, I'm hearing rumors that there's going to be a, a new D.Va skin that's going to break the internet. Um, and people are speculating that this is going to be K-pop related. Like, Korean pop. Because uh, there's, there's a lot of, you know, highly um, popular... Uh, Korean, you know, um, artists and, um, you know, that it's, it's got its own kind of rich fan base around the world. And apparently this, um, new skin for Diva is going to be, you know, completely K-pop themed. And I mean, I, I don't know enough about K-pop to really understand the magnitude of, of what, what this is going to be, but I'm hearing that it's going to break the internet basically. Um, I do remember when, uh, they added her black cat. Uh, skin that that got a big reaction from people um but apparently this is going to be like way bigger than that one so 
we'll see what happens with that. Um, hopefully it doesn't uh, start some kind of outrage or anything like that. Because I know people get a bit touchy over things like that. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, besides that, I've, I've been continuing to play Legends of Heroes Trails in the Sky whenever I can. When I have, whenever I have time to. Um, it seems like the story is just beginning to really, really pick up, but I've been focusing on doing a lot of side stuff, so I've been progressing a bit slower with the main storyline, um, because I'm just, you know, trying to level up my characters and, uh, making sure I'm, I'm, uh, ticking off all the other side content and things like that, so I'm just kind of pacing myself, taking my time with it, playing it a few minutes at a time whenever I can. Um, and that, that's pretty much it for this week. I mean, you know, I didn't have too much time to game, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Sounds good. Yes. So, uh, as for me, um, there's really only two games that I've been playing, uh, for the most part. So I'm going to start off with one of them. Uh, I have been playing a Rage 2. Um, the last time that I had, uh, been on this show, I, at, you know, at last week I had just received, uh, a review copy of Rage 2, but it was the day before we started recording, so at that point in time, I hadn't really had a lot of time with the game. Uh, since then, I have spent a considerable amount of time with the game, and I've actually already started my review. Uh, what I can say about Rage 2, though, um, is that, I, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, there's a lot of different elements put into this game. When it comes to the shooting, you know, ID Software. This is the same people that worked on the most recent Doom. That 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 combat and shooting, it is. It does feel satisfying. It's not quite as fast paced um, as Doom is at certain points, but you know. Nothing Nothing feels greater than just, uh, you know, you, you go to a certain camp and you're taking out different enemies, blowing up different stuff. That That's great. That's a great element about it. Um, the open world aspect that Avalanche brings to, 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 to the game, it's a massive open world, but it doesn't feel as though there's a lot to explore. There's certain things that you can explore and then other things. It just doesn't really feel like there's a lot in there based on what I have played. Uh, I've gone to certain areas where, you know, I will run into different characters where they're asking me to do tasks for them, stuff like that. Um, so like a lot of fetch quests in there, if you will. Um, but overall, uh, you know, the, to, to me, the game is, is pretty much, there's a lot of elements, of, there's a lot of elements about it uh, in terms of what I, what I expected. Plenty of, of fetch quests. Uh, you do have certain missions that you do where you have to take out a, a certain number of goons, and then there's also mutants that you can take out, like these huge mutant bosses. All that stuff is cool, but um, when it comes to the actual storytelling of the game, it's just the story is just very bare bones, very minimal at best. Uh, I mean, and it's also very generic. You know, as the story starts out, you're, you know, you you end up becoming the last ranger. Um, you know, your captain dies in a battle, and now your goal is to avenge her death by taking out the, the guy that killed her. One of those, one of these little one-dimensional villains that, you know, you normally see in some of these uh, movies. Uh, so, it doesn't really feel special. The story is just very straightforward. You, of course, interact with different characters that were in the previous rage, as well as other characters that they help you on your quest as you are slowly building up intel, your skills, 
so on and so forth to be able to actually finally take out the, the main antagonist. So there's not really anything that's interesting about the story. Sure, you can go around different places collecting a ton of loot, a lot, you know, whether it's cash, parts, etc. That never gets old. I like doing that type of stuff. I like trying to get collectibles and stuff like that. Or just stuff like if you're riding down the road, you see a, a bunch of enemies. Uh, you can shoot them if you want. You can race them, run over them, you know, certain stuff that you would expect. So overall, I would say the game is pretty good. Um, could it have been better? Yes, I 100% do believe it that it definitely could have been better. Uh, as I have said multiple times on this show, I, I do like a very good story in a game. And this story just it doesn't really have anything in this very average for me. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're somebody who likes stories, then you definitely would not want to pick this up for that reason. But if you like just playing a game where you can just go around, you know, blowing up stuff and trying to explore different regions, then yeah, you may want to check it out. Um, but other than that, it's not really anything special. Uh, it's not a bad game. I will say that. It's not bad. It's good enough for what it is, but do I think that Avalanche could have done more with the game as well as IB? Absolutely 100%. They definitely could have done more with it. Uh, I did see that there was a report that came out that the studio would definitely make a Rage 3, uh, depending on if the fans want it. Um, so we'll have to see how that pans out. I do believe the game, it, it, it can, it, I mean, I'll, I'll be curious to see where it falls on NPDs for this month when we actually get to that. But um, for the most part, I would say it, it, it's a pretty decent game, pretty good game for what it is. Uh, just if you go in expecting just bare bones uh, storytelling and then just shooting and just blowing stuff up and exploring, then yeah, then you'll be totally fine. You'll, you'll want to play it at, at that point. But if you're expecting more than... I just want to tell you, uh, you know, you may want to lower your expectations just a little bit. <laughs> so uh, I will have a review for that sometime this week. Uh, I do apologize. I wasn't able to get the review done sooner, but yeah, I've had a busy schedule this week especially. But yeah, look for the review later on in the next couple of days. Um, the other game that I did get a chance to play and I actually did review this week, this past week, was uh, A Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, made by Sobo Studios, uh, published by Focus Home Interactive. Uh, if Focus Home Interactive sounds familiar, this is a studio based out of uh, France. They have published games like The Surge, uh, and they're also working on The Surge 2 right now. Uh, they've also published a game called uh, Vam Vam Vampire, that's how you pronounce it, The Vampire Game, which we actually had a side review for us last year. Um, so this studio is on a roll, publishing a lot of, 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 of great titles that I think people should definitely pay attention to. A Plague's Tale, uh, as you have seen in my, my review, and definitely I would, I would encourage you to check out the link to, to the review, which we will provide, uh, for those who haven't seen it yet. Uh, it is an action adventure game. Um, I, I definitely will tell you if you watch the latest launch trailer, uh, I will tell you to watch that trailer, but don't, think that that's all the game is there's a lot more to this game i know one thing that people were asking me about in the, in, you know, the review was that they see that normally you just see in the video footage it's always the girl the sister walking around with the brother always holding her hand 
that isn't the case because there are some missions in the game where you are just playing as the sister or you are just playing as the little boy. So I don't want people to see that trailer and be like, this is all the game is, you know, me basically, you know, sh you know, chaperoning my, my, my younger sibling all over the place trying to escape rats and traps and stuff like that. There's a hell of a lot more to this game. And specifically with the storytelling, seeing how the brother and sister relationship is built over time, I think they did a phenomenal job on that element by itself. Because for those that don't know, uh, the, 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 the younger brother has, has, has an illness. And as you play the story, you get to learn more about that illness. But because he has that illness, he pretty much has been separated from his sister their entire life. The, the younger brother is like five years old. The sister, I believe, is around 13. But she hasn't spent hardly any time with the younger brother because they're always separated. The parents keep them separated. So pretty much when you start the game, you know, that's when you have your first interaction with the brother. And as you go through the game, their relationship is being built up uh, over time. So again, the way they handled that storytelling is a phenomenal. They have ups and downs like any brother and sister would have. Or if you, if you have a sibling, you always know your relationship is rocky sometimes based on communication or just certain things that you disagree on. But the way they handled that in this story is just a phenomenal, phenomenal storytelling, period. Um, so um, I know the game is doing well. A lot of people have had a chance to play it. It's been getting great review scores across the board. I think they 100% deserve that. And I would say if you're looking for a different type of experience, uh, you definitely should check this game out. Um, as I said in my review, there are about 16 chapters. That will probably take you, I want to say, about maybe... 15 or so hours, depending on how much you want to do, if you want to get all the collectibles that are in the game. Um, but 100% totally worth it. Totally, totally worth it if you like action-adventure games that have puzzle elements in it. But um, definitely check out my review for more. Um, and definitely check out the game if you're interested. So uh, on that note, um, I believe that concludes what we have been playing. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the topics because um, there are a few things to talk about. As I said before, not too many things to talk about because uh, this is the calm before the storm. You know, there'll be a lot of news when E3 happens in the next two weeks, the next two to three weeks. But uh, for now, this is what we have to work with. So um, the first story I'm going to tackle is uh, actually some news that transpired uh, yesterday. It was broken by Jason Schreier over at Kutaku, so we give him all the credit. But pretty much, uh, it was reported that Call of Duty, which is being planned for 2020, the, the Call of Duty Call of Duty coming out next year, uh, is being developed by Treyarch. Uh, if you are familiar with Call of Duty, you know that they had a different development cycle where they were developing. There were three different studios working on the game. Well, now the report is that Sledgehammer Games, uh, they are no longer. Uh, in charge of the franchise they're still going to be working on like as a support team on these games but um they are no longer on the actual franchise in, in that capacity as a head developer uh sledgehammer and raven games uh they, they that report did state they they kept having a lot of arguments over the certain direction of the game so as a result of that now treyarch has decided to step in and the rumor is that they are working on uh black ops 5 um, I'm a little tired of Black Ops, but um, for those of the Black Ops fans, I'm pretty sure they're excited. 
But um, I wanted to get your take on this particular situation, Gary. What are your thoughts on, on what's going on with Activision and Call of Duty 2020, a.k.a. possibly Black Ops 5? Uh, yeah, so there's a few things to unpack here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, for for Sledgehammer, I mean, sorry, not Sledgehammer, for Treyarch, you know, um, they literally just worked on Black Ops, I believe, right? Was that the last game? Yeah. Or was Okay. Yeah, so um, now they only have a two-year cycle, whereas usually they have three years to to develop the next game, you know? Um, and we just had Black Ops, and now we're going to get Black Ops again next year. So I think people are going to get very tired of, of the Black Ops brand, even though I, I think that's the one that sells the most, right? Black Ops. Like, I think that brand of Call of Duty usually sells the most. Or... Yeah, 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 it, yeah. I mean, it, it. I mean, it, it is a popular. Um, it, 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 it's, it's typically a, a popular uh, franchise. The, the oh. problem is, is that uh, last year they didn't have the story; they just oh, had yeah. the multiplayer. Oh yeah, um, that's right. And, and, and I do think that the multiplayer. I, I, I believe the report was digitally it sold well, but physically it didn't sell well because uh, the multiplayer was really the only thing. But there was no story. It felt like the game was missing something. But that's all I was gonna say. Go, go, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know how how well that one sold them, but um, I know that Black Ops is a popular Call of Duty brand. But I think people are gonna start to get burnout if you know they're seeing this. They're they're seeing the same thing over and over. You know, and and if you have that same name as well attached to it, like the Black Ops. Like if if people see that too frequently, they're gonna be like, okay, another one of these. You know what's different? Uh, they're gonna start to question things. So um, I don't think it's good to like. I mean, if if you have two studios that are bickering over a game, I, I think that says a lot about the leadership. You know, like Activision. <laughs> Activision is the publisher. They are in charge here. They call the shots. So. I mean, they shouldn't let two studios bicker to the point it's hurting business. You know, at that point, they should be stepping in. They should be, you know, working out all the differences and all the issues going on between the two studios and making sure that they can work together to create a, a cohesive product. Um, and Activision should be doing more anyway to improve Call of Duty and to make sure that Call of Duty continues being, you know... Um, being looked at as the standard for military FPS games, um, so you know because it's 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 getting. I mean, I think we're already past the point of it being becoming stale. Um, so you know, Activision should be wanting to do more to you know um, ensure that there's enough innovation um, and enough original ideas being put into these games moving forward so i feel like activision needs to play a closer part in development um and you know just the fact that um raven and sledgehammer bickering is is actually an, causing an issue that goes to show that activision only cares about money and profit and they don't care about you know the quality of the actual game you know it, it says a lot about their actual leadership in, in this case so um, again, I have no faith whatsoever in, in the Call of Duty brand anymore. I have no interest. <laughs> and, you know, after hearing news like this, like, it just 
reminds me more and more why I stopped playing these games, you know. Um, I will say that I do like Sledgehammer. Like, I feel like they've made some great Call of Duty games. And I hope that they're able to work it out. And I hope that they're able to shine, you know, um, in the future and come up with something great again in the future. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like Activision is just running the series into the ground and... Yeah, um, I don't, I don't see a turning point. But uh, what's so, your, what's your thoughts? The, well, let me start off by saying that those are some, some great thoughts. Uh, my, my, my personal thought on this whole situation is, I, I think that a lot of us, sh- we should have saw this coming, because I know that uh, not too long ago it was reported that the founders of Sledgehammer Games decided to leave. Uh, Michael Condry. There was a report that happened, this happened earlier this year, where he actually left Sledgehammer and then started a new studio at 2K. So I, I feel as though they saw that there was some tension, there were some things going on within Sledgehammer, so they decided to get out while they, you know, while they had the opportunity to do so. But when the people that find the company decide to leave the company, um, you definitely have to have uh, some concerns about what's going to happen with the company moving forward. So, I, I personally, while I do hope that Sledgehammer Games eventually does find their footing and make something else that they want to make, I don't think that they're ever going to be the same studio that they were because the people who were behind it are no longer there. I'm not trying to say that the people who are in charge right now aren't going to do a good job, but I have a little less faith now in them because the people who actually started the company who were the heart and soul of this actual team are not there anymore um so uh we'll, i'll be curious to see what happens with this situation but they are working as a support team so i do feel though at least they can contribute something to whatever these call of duty projects are moving forward but just to not be as one of the one taking on all the full responsibility of being the head of the team, yeah, I think that makes sense for right now, consider concerning considering what they're going through at the moment. Um, but yeah, what you said about having those issues with the bickering back and forth, I, I you know, I, I don't think Activision, like, like I said, um, Jason Schreier reported on this. I don't think Activision would like that news getting out there that this stuff is happening. But I mean, it's out there. Uh, because it shows that they're having issues, that there's certain things that they have to work on. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of internal discussions that happen at these studios where if there's certain conflicts, people have to address them. I just don't think Activision would like uh, this stuff getting out in the open. And I know that a lot of sites have already reached out for comment, try to get a comment from Activision. Activision hasn't provided a, a, a response yet. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen next week because, again, this story just broke on Saturday. But, um... Yeah, I mean, we know certain things do happen behind the scenes. So, uh, it is what it is. But in, in regards of them going back to Black Ops 5, I, I, I do think that, um, that, 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 you know, I do agree with you 100% that that can definitely get stale after a while. Uh, I played Black Ops 4, and I have to say that, you know, they had in, in the game, you know, you have the multiplayer, but they did have this thing called where you were able to play as the specialists, as they, they termed them, the special type of uh, player types in the game, uh, where they had these little cinematic stories where they would try to give you a backstory and try to give you a story as to what's going on with these characters. But you can tell by playing that 
because it's a very short experience where you're playing these tutorials that teach you how to play as a character. You play through that, but you can tell there's something missing from this. And I know they had mentioned they were working on a story, but they didn't finish it in time, so they just decided to just do multiplayer. I, I think it's a bad idea to release the product when it's not completely finished. Uh, just like what, what, what EA did with Battlefield uh, 5, where they released the story, but then the Battle Royale feature didn't come out until this year. I think that's a bad business practice. I understand you provide more content to the player later, but if the game is not complete at launch, I think it shouldn't launch, period, until you want to you, you, you release the game in the complete state that it's supposed to be in, that you had initially planned for it to be in. But they made that decision. So, to, to be honest with you, I, I think uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, Black Ops 5, they're going to be using a lot of the recycled assets that they already have for this story they were trying to do before, and they may very well just put that into this game. I'm not saying they're not going to add a couple of other elements to it, but they already have stuff that they have been working on, so that's probably what they're going to do for this, just to make sure that it actually hits the deadline of coming out next year. Yeah, I think you're definitely right, because, I mean, judging by the fact that they have less time than usual, um, yeah, you, you can bet that this game is going to be very similar to Black Ops 4. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a guarantee. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, and the other thing is, you know, I know obviously Activision hasn't really announced a, a new Call of Duty for this year yet. I'm very curious, uh, what that's all about, what's going on with that, because I, I don't know what studio was working on that, you know, so I, I didn't check the, you know, the scheduling of what studio was up next. So I don't know what's going to, I mean, I would assume there's still going to be a Call of Duty this year, but I, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out about that, uh, you know, because I guess that bleeds into, the next topic which we'll go into here in, 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 in a little while but uh, mm-hmm. Call of Duty 2020 um, I don't know man I don't know what to think about that yet <laughs> yeah I just want to say as well because you mentioned that the founders of Sledgehammer left the company and stuff and yeah. whenever stuff like that happens you should pay close attention because that's always a sign that something is wrong and that usually it's it's the parent company in this case Activision Usually it's them, you know, um, hindering the creative process um, that leads to, to things like this happening. Because founders, they, they tend to have a lot of foresight and they, they, you know, they're able to see how much their company is changing uh, because of all the politics, you know, going on with, with the business and the corporate side of things. So, you know, they, they always tend to leave these companies and studios and stuff when they see that you know the uh the tide turning um and this has been the case with many other studios you know bioware you know um and you know visceral like other studios that we've seen kind of uh crumble or decline in quality like things like this have happened so that's always a telling sign when when the founders leave oh yeah you know absolutely um You know, it it definitely is concerning and it should be a concern. Um, But I guess uh, Activision, I mean, this this is going to be a test for Activision to see how they're going to rebound from this, what their plans are going to be to to try to change course. Obviously, they don't want the franchise to get too stale. They they still want it to be successful and still sell. So they have to keep thinking of ways to reinvent. And, And with Black Ops 5, 
I don't really know how much reinvention they're going to do if they're going to end up using a lot of the same assets. But they they are going to definitely have to think of ways to answer this this call because because again, a, as I said before, they haven't really com- they haven't really come out and have any public statements about any of this stuff uh, yet. At least at least not to the extent of what happened with the other you know with Sledgehammer so on and so forth. So uh, I'm very curious to know what their response is going to be once they actually do respond to this because I'm pretty sure. They're going to have some type of other statements this upcoming week, um, but um, yeah, it, it's a it's an unfortunate situation. But uh, at the same time, I have to say, I'm very curious what Michael Convery is doing with 2K in terms of this new studio. I did get a chance to meet him when I went to one of the Call of Duty uh, World League uh, Championship events in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. Very cool, very laid back guy. And he very much, you can tell, he had, he's very passionate about the work that they were doing at Sledgehammer. So to see that he has left the company now, I mean, it definitely couldn't have been on good terms because, the I mean, he he really enjoyed, he was really into what they were doing with Call of Duty. Because when I went to that particular event, that was when they were talking about the Call of Duty for the very first time when they first were brought on to do Call of Duty. And that first game they did was fantastic. It had an excellent story, everything. So, um, yeah, it had to be serious for him to decide to leave. So I'm curious to know what he's doing with 2K. And I guess eventually we'll find out about that. That won't be until next gen because, again, he just left to start that studio. So that's at least another, I want to say, four or five years away, if not sooner. But we'll see. But uh, we shall see. Yes, absolutely. So, any other thoughts on this particular Call of Duty story before we move on to the next topic? Uh, let's get to the next one since it relates. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, everybody knows that E3 is right around the corner. Uh, literally about three weeks. You know, about three weeks time. Uh, yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, we'll be right around that time of E3. So we learned this week that Activision, uh, they are not going to have a major presence at, at E3. Once again, they will not have a, a booth at E3. We know this because we did get a chance to see some of the floor maps of, of E3. And, and yeah, it's evident that Activision will not have a huge presence at the show. Now, I will say this. Uh, in the last couple of years, Activision hasn't really had... I mean, they had a booth last year, I believe, because that, that that was when they was advertising. You know, I believe they had Destiny that, that was coming out and a few other things, so they had to have a booth. This year, not so much, um, but also we don't really know what they what they're going to release. I mean, I would assume if there is a Call of Duty coming out, then yeah, that that that'll definitely be be something that we hear about. But I will say this full disclosure: normally, for those those of us that go to E3, we do receive emails about certain things that Activision are going to show, but they're going to show it at, you know, at like a, a appointment that's off-site. off, off site. I haven't received any of those emails yet, so I have no idea if Activision is even going to have that this year. Because, I mean, right now we're getting to... Today is, is the 19th of, of May. A lot, of, a lot of people wait until the very last minute, like two weeks before the show, to start sending out massive emails about, you know, appointment invites. So I can still get an invite for this type of stuff, but right now, Activision not having a booth, we do know that 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 is official. So Gary, what are your thoughts on Activision deciding not to have a major presence at the show this year? 
Uh, yeah, I remember. Um, I believe it was 2016 was um, the last time they 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 were absent from um, E3. But I yeah. think I think they still did some things behind the scenes though. Like uh, if I remember correctly, like we went to um, some behind the scenes stuff outside of E3 for Activision. But um, yeah. yeah, this year I I think like what do they have? They don't like because they lost Destiny. You know, Destiny is no longer theirs. Um, and see, go ahead. Oh no! See that that, that 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 that's a great question. Yeah, they don't have Destiny. Um, Call of Duty is really the only thing I can think of. Uh, they did release, uh, you know, that, that 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 famous game that that you that you know we kept talking about last, you know earlier this year, so Sekiro. That 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 was them that published that. You know, from oh, software yeah. made it, but they they published it, so they they released that for sure. Uh, and I do believe they do have the uh, the crash racing game coming out as well. Yeah, um, and that comes out like right after E3, so yeah. I don't know if they're you know I don't know if that's worth them having a booth for because it's literally coming out like right after E3. Yeah, no, I know I, I I agree with that. So and, I really um, don't know what else they would have. Yeah, I mean, the only kind of presence I could see them having is maybe they'll announce this year's Call of Duty at one of the, the other... I mean, I guess it, it would just be Microsoft because, you know, Microsoft is own, is going to be the only big-time uh, console manufacturer who's going to have a press conference there. So, um, yeah. so maybe they'll, you know, reveal the, the new Call of Duty at that, at that press conference. Um, but other than that, you know... Um, I guess there's no reason for them to be there and unless they were going to make the new Call of Duty playable then it would make sense to have the floor space but it seems like that's not their plan so um, so yeah I mean it, it seems like Activision doesn't really have much going on I mean Sekiro is already out there Crash is coming out a week after E3 um, and the only thing we don't know about is the new Call of Duty um, so I mean, unless they were to announce something completely new that we don't know about, uh, but hey, I mean that's the nature of E3 at the moment. You know, I, I feel like a lot of publishers aren't rushing to buy floor space anymore because they feel like it's not worth it. Because you know they can still they can still have uh, they can still be in the discussion for E3 without actually being there you know physically on on the e3 show floor so you know they could still make their way into the microsoft or the nintendo press conference just by having a, a major announcement and you know activision will still be a factor people will still talk about them um and you know they won't have to spend money um on the show floor and stuff so maybe that's their strategy we know that that's the strategy of a lot of other people who have pulled out of e3 um so you know, I, I guess that's just what it is. But right now, it to me, it feels like Activision aren't as strong as they were at the start of this generation. I feel like they've kind of <laughs> they they've kind of gone backwards a little. Like, um, and I guess losing Bun Bungie was a big deal. Like, it, losing Destiny was a big deal because back when they were pitching the first Bungie to us, like, you know, we we were thinking, wow, this this. Uh, this new IP is going to carry them, you know, um, mm -hmm. to new heights and everything. Um, and, you know, now they don't even have it anymore. And I feel like, because obviously 
Activision is, you know, it's like it's a dual company because Activision Blizzard, um, they, they're, they're two companies that operate under, under one umbrella. And right now I feel like the Blizzard brand is kind of carrying things a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the Blizzard brand is a lot stronger. Whereas at the start of this generation, it was completely the other way around because Call of Duty was still a major brand at the start of this generation. But now they've run that series into the ground to where it's not as valuable anymore. And they've lost this destiny. So I, I feel like Activision is, is kind of struggling for relevancy right now. Um, and that's just the reality of it. So, you know, if there's no reason for them to buy floor space, then, you know, there's, there's really no point. Um, and I wouldn't even be surprised if Activision starts showing up at BlizzCon or something because BlizzCon always packs the house out. Like people are always going to BlizzCon. Um, and we've, we've started to see Activision games pop up on the Blizzard app. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do more stuff under the Blizzard umbrella. Um, just to, cause, cause they know a lot of people are playing Overwatch. They know a lot of people are going to be playing World of Warcraft Classic. So just to keep the Activision brand in people's faces, they might just use Blizzard a lot more to, to, to try and capture, you know, new players and stuff like that. So that, that actually is a very good point. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was going to say that I, I agree a hundred percent with what you said about, uh, feeling as though they may have lost, uh, some relevant relevancy because I do recall that when, uh, Destiny came out, that actually was, I think, one of the first games this generation where everybody was like, well, is this going to be like a big, what was going to be perceived to be like a big deal? Um, and that was, that, that was, that was a while ago. Um, but when that first came out, uh, there was a lot of hype around it. And then, of course, the first game, it wasn't really quite as good. There was a lot of great things about it, but the story, the story was not, uh, <laughs> I was not a fan of the story. And the simplicity of the characters and all this other stuff. But I mean, they, it had a lot of potential. Um, so for the fact that they don't no longer have that, uh, that is definitely a big deal. Plus the other thing that, that really, really died a lot this generation was the whole toys to life concept. Because I know that, uh, they, they had Skylanders. They, they had a lot invested in that particular franchise. And I mean, it, it, it still is somewhat, they're still doing a little bit of stuff in that today. But it is not as big as it was at the beginning of this generation or last generation because I recall all of those toy sets that they had, you know, and every time I would go to GameStop, there were a lot of people looking to buy those toy sets just so that they can keep playing the game. So they were definitely making a killing on that, but then it got to be too expensive and wasn't quite as popular, so the investment wasn't there. So I think um, Activision is just taking their time trying to make some different investments I do think that the Sekiro Shadows Die Twice investment was was fantastic because, uh, you know, from software, they make really good games, very challenging games also, but very, very good games for a particular type of audience. So I, I applaud them for, for work doing that. I also applaud them for trying to get in on these remasters because uh, the Spyro the, the Dragon remaster, that did pretty well. The Crash Bandicoot uh, one absolutely did fantastic. So they are making some smart decisions, but I, I do think that the smartest decision that they could make 
was deciding not to have a booth for D3 because it wouldn't have made sense to pay for all that booth space if you don't really have something major to show. As, as you said, they can definitely just show new Call of Duty in uh, the place in the, I mean, say the Xbox uh, E3, you know, uh, you know, uh, E3 press conference. Um, but yeah, they don't really need to have a major booth for that because they know everybody. I mean, I feel like. Everybody who who is going to actually go to E3 uh, and as and is going to that Microsoft press conference, they already know Microsoft press conference is going to have a, pretty much all eyes are going to be on that because there's no Sony conference. Sure, there is going to be a Bethesda conference, so on and so forth, and a Ubisoft conference. But for the major third party titles, every third party title is going to be shown at that Microsoft conference. So. Yeah, they don't need to really do too much. They can just have a trailer shown there. Maybe they maybe they still will have behind the scenes meetings, but I think they made a wise decision not to have a, a booth this year, in my opinion. Yeah. So. I mean I, I hope they have a lot of uh new IPs up their sleeve and you know, maybe it's too early to show us anything. Uh but for their sake, you know, I, I just hope that they have uh a lot of stuff that that they're working on in the background that we just don't know about because to me it seems like you know they're they're not doing so well right now um, <laughs> but yeah. we'll see i mean you know there, there's also the new generation coming so i feel like a lot of uh publishers might be holding their their cards because they're probably already developing stuff for the the next generation so it's it's definitely too early to show any of that stuff because they have to wait for Microsoft and Sony to announce their consoles. So, you know, exactly. um, that's a big factor also. So, I, I, I mean, I mean, next year, I, I think I believe next year is, is the year for these new consoles to to drop, if not, uh, uh, you know, twenty twenty one. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they may you know hold for that. So, I, I you know. I just want to say this. I, I believe E3 2019, there's a lot of people won't be at this, this conference um, for good reason. You know, I mean, I feel like this, there's a lot of things changing in the industry right now. And of course, we don't even know if E3 is going to be in Los Angeles next year as of right now. So that could change as well. But I will say this. If E3 does happen ne next year, without a doubt, E3 2020 is going to be massive. I, I think because the new consoles are going to finally be announced and maybe drop in the same year, I feel like there's going to be a lot more of an, of an incentive to go next year than it is to go this year. Um, but we'll see what happens. But uh, Activision, I, I, I definitely I have to agree. I, I would love to see what other new IPs they're working on. They definitely have to be working on other, other things because you can't just make that announcement about the Bungie thing is over if you don't have something else that you're working on. They, they know Obviously, they can buy themselves a little bit of time to work on other things by releasing games like uh, Sekiro and whatever these other Call of Duty games are. But they absolutely 100% have to be working on something else. Uh, it just is going to take a while before they can actually show it. But um, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Yeah. It is, I guess it's a game of waiting. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. We shall see. So, uh, on that note, let's shift gears to another third party studio, which is going to have a show at E3. Uh, 
actually on that 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 that, that first Monday right before E3. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Ubisoft. Um, now, let's hope they don't have the worst show again. <laughs> Wait, was they the worst show last year? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't recall uh, well, what all they showed. Well, maybe not last year, but there, there's been a few years where they had the the worst one. Yes, yes, no, you're right. Um, and and you know, obviously, um, we are going to have a show where we're going to talk about our predictions uh, as far as what they're going to show at their conference. But there was some news that came out this week that I thought was very interesting. Uh, because they had their uh, financials call. So first and foremost, uh, they 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 now they're, they're two big two major stories out of this. First and foremost, they announced that Skull and Bones, a game that both you and I have played at the previous E3s, uh, they announced that that game has now been delayed until 2020. So I guess they decided they needed more development time. So instead of it coming out this year, it's going to be coming out sometime early next year. Uh, there isn't any release date. Uh, I'm assuming that when we get to E3, uh, there, there will be some type of uh, announcement about that, but uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, w- w- what are your thoughts on this? Because I know you, you was very high on this game after playing it at, at E3. So what do you think about this delay? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when I played it, I was like, you know what, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, it was basically, you know, ship battles from Assassin's Creed. And for the most part, the, those can be fun. If you're into that stuff, you know, uh, but I feel like this game was announced way too long ago now, like, um, and I think there's like zero momentum for this game right now. I, I feel like this game should have came out already like two years ago or something. Um, so the fact that they're delaying it even further, uh, first of all, it seems like they're delaying it so it can release next gen as well. Um, yep. And I don't know, like that just doesn't seem appealing to me. Like, why this? <clears throat> why this game? You know, like who? I, I don't feel like this game has a huge following or a lot of people who are highly anticipating it. Um, so they might be setting themselves up for failure with this one, like by delaying this game. Because um, when I played it, it seemed like they were, you know, it seemed. I don't want to say shippable because, like, I didn't, you know, I don't. I didn't get to play the whole game, um, so obviously I don't know how much of it is complete. But I, when I played it, I had like it felt like okay, this this game could probably release this year or early next year or something, and that was in like 2017 or something like that. So um, <laughs> yeah, like it's just I don't know, man. I, I think they might have missed the window with this one. Um, I feel like they should have released this like either before no, they should have released it after sea of thieves i feel like it would have uh had a, a bigger impact then um yeah but you know now I, I just feel like they've dragged it out way too long but what do you think see i i, I agree 100 percent with that because i when i saw this game and i saw sea of thieves i, I instantly w- was more interested in this game not just because of the art style, because I, I listen. I, I like Rare. I think they they do a good job. But Sea of Thieves, it, it, did, it did not really appeal to me and stand out as much. This whole uh, ship formula is something that Ubisoft they actually stumbled upon this when they did the Assassin's Creed games, and they did such a good job of that. So 
I was surprised that they didn't try to make a game like this sooner. But then when they decided to go all in and make the game, I said, okay, yeah, this this will probably be successful because a lot of people like the ship elements in the Assassin's Creed games. So that's good. But, you know, upon hearing this news of a delay, and I would also like to reference and, and update that statement just a little bit because they said that the, the current plan is for the game to be released in the fiscal year 2020 to 2021. So what that actually means is that this game can release anytime between April 1st of next year to March 31st of 2021. So that sounds like a, a very, 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 very far off uh, release date. Um, the, one, the only thing I could think of is because they say that this is an open world high seas, high seas uh, game. They must be adding some type of story element to it. They have to be adding more to it because the core mechanics of what the game has is already there. When I played it last year at E3, it was it was a lot of fun. It's, it's a great game, uh, but you know you kind of feel like is there more to this though? So they have to be adding more to it for it to just get pushed out entirely. And according to this report, they're not even going to be at E3. This game is not going to be at E3 at all. So, yeah, they definitely have to be adding more to it uh, for it to be delayed. But I do agree that it, it, it definitely missed the mark because I feel like if it came out around the time or shortly thereafter, Sea of Thieves came out, then, yeah, the audience that was already into the, these pirate types of games, or these, these the ship building, the ship, these these types of games, they were going to be all over this. Now, will they still be into this Uh you know, between 2020 and 2021, I have no idea. It depends on the job that Ubisoft does as far as selling the concept to people as to try to get them into it again. But um, that delay is a, is a, is a while. So um, I have no idea what, what, what to think about that. Uh, but uh, I wish them well. Hopefully this uh, decision to wait out this long is turns out to be a, a good decision in the long run. But we'll see. So, so now, now that you know this game might not be coming in until 2021, does that uh, make you even more? Uh, I mean, feel feel like, well, I, I don't really care about this game, or, or are you willing to wait? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I I don't care about the game anymore already. <laughs> I feel like Ubisoft must have like spoke to uh square enix long distance and and asked them for tips on how to drag out a game like a game release because <laughs> this, this feels like some final fantasy level like waiting time for for sea of thieves so yeah um yeah i just i don't care about it anymore like i feel like like we just said that would have been the perfect window to release this game when sea of thieves came out because you know um, the uh, the reception to that game was very mixed. Like you had people who bought into the idea of being a pirate and you know finding treasure and all that stuff. And I feel like if this game would have came out like a month later or a couple months later, even a lot of people who were super into the theme of Sea of Thieves would have transitioned over to this. You know, and I feel like that would have been its perfect time to peak. But now. 
I just feel like, you know, the, the whole treasure hunt thing has kind of lost its appeal a little bit. Um, and they, they have a lot of work to do to kind of build that up again, to build the momentum up for, for that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what they're thinking with that. Uh, maybe they know something I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, it just, I don't know. Like, it just feels weird that they would delay that game. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I definitely agree with that. Um, here's, here, here, so that's, that's one half of the story. Now, one other thing I do want to mention now in this, uh, as we shift gears to the other half is that Ubisoft did announce in that particular call that they do have three games that are releasing between now and March 31st, 2020. Um, so, I'm curious what those games are and, and the interesting thing here is that Of course they recently revealed Ghost Recon Breakpoint Which is coming out on October 4th That is not in any way One of those games Because that's actually a fourth game that's coming out So there are three other games That they have not announced are, are these yet. Are these three unannounced games Or could they have been Announced already but like you know. Oh no, no! They said that there's three games that they haven't announced that are going to be revealed later. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and these games are coming out in the Q4 period between, you know, in, in, any time between that period, which is October, until uh, March 2020. Um, and again, according to this report, it says the Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint. That 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 is a fourth game, but that is not included in the three games that they that they, that that they're talking about. So I wanted to get your opinion as to what these three games could potentially be, um, because I do have some thoughts as to what they could be. But I, I want to get your opinion. And, and by the way, l- let me just say one thing. I have to clarify this: mm-hmm. three AAA games. So Just Dance does not count <laughs> as a triple as a AAA game. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure some people count it as one. Uh, I, I know uh, Edward Velasquez. I know he loves that game. So, <laughs> but um, oh, he, oh, what was you saying? Yeah. Oh, he, oh, he, he, he definitely will, will get you for that comment later. <laughs> Come at me, bro. But um, yeah. As for these three games, I, I think. I'm sure you know when 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 you tell me that there's three unannounced Ubisoft games, I'm sure the the first thing that pops into everyone's mind is Watch Dogs Three. Like I'm pretty sure that's gonna turn out to be one of them. Um, yeah. Because it, it just makes sense. Like it feels like the right time for a new Watch Dogs. Um, and you know with E3 coming up, I feel like there's it, it's the perfect time to to announce that. You know. Um, and um, as for the other two, um, now tell me something. Did they did they actually come out and confirm that there's no Assassin's Creed this year? Yeah, yeah. They said Assassin's Creed is not coming back until 2020. Okay. okay. That's what they said. <laughs> right. So it's not Assassin's Creed, right? No, no, no. I, I think Assassin's, Assassin's Creed is definitely coming out next year because there was that rumor about a Assassin's Creed game. Now you'll laugh. Maybe you heard the rumor about an Assassin's Creed game called the Assassin's Creed uh, Ragnarok <laughs> where you're basically, basically playing as uh, the Vikings. Viking period. Um, 
that that that, that rumor has uh, has been debunked. It hasn't been confirmed yet, so uh, we have to ignore that one. But I did laugh at that title, that Ragnarok title. Yeah, that, that's uh, it's too close to to Thor, the movie. <laughs> so. But um. Okay, so it's not Assassin's Creed. That's interesting. Um, so the next thing that comes to mind is Splinter Cell, because um, we yep. haven't seen one of those in a while, and a lot of people are anticipating another one. Uh, there's no more Metal Gear as we know it. So you know, a new Splinter Cell has, you know, um, it has the ability to kind of uh, become that new top dog in terms of spy espionage type of games. You know, so. Um, I think that would be a good step, you know, for them to to come out with a new Splinter Cell and kind of you know revamp it. Um, you know, it can be like a complete remake of, of the series. So, um, I I think there's a good chance that that's going to be one of them. Now, as for the third one, I'm really struggling to be honest to to think about what the the third game might be. So. I'm going to pass it over to you now, Richard, because I'm sure you've uh, come up with some good Uh-oh. ideas and some good theories about this. Okay, so, uh, well, if I have to think about the third game, we know that it is not Beyond Good and Evil 2 because that is a next-gen game, and that's a game that has already been announced. Yep. Uh, so it's definitely not that. Um, if, I, if I had to think of a potential of what the game could be, Okay, there are two. There are two things here to really consider. Um, this game, to some people, it, I don't really think. It, I don't really know if it's going to be considered a triple A to everybody. Although I think it, it definitely is a triple A in some capacity, and that is, of course, the Mario Rabbids game. Because that Mario Rabbids game, I recall when, uh, and I, I was at that E3 when um, you had a. Uh, you know, Nintendo showed up at Ubisoft at that event. Everybody just went wild when they saw uh, Miyamoto show up on stage. Uh, and and I recall that that what was so interesting about that partnership is it showed you how invested Nintendo was with Ubisoft. And then ever since that has happened, Ubisoft has now. It seems like every year they have some type of announcement where there's a Nintendo character that ends up in one of their games. Because they did it, it, Star Fox was in that was in that other game that you actually went to a preview event for in London. Um, oh, so, yeah. my, my my thought is that them making a sequel to that that uh that, that that game, the rabbits, the Mario rabbits game, I totally see that happening, and I totally see that getting announced at at, at the show. That could be considered a AAA title, depending on if you're a Nintendo fan or whatever. But that that last game did very well sales wise, and that. Nintendo was very happy with it. Ubisoft was very happy with it. So I don't. I think a sequel to that game can 100% get announced at that show, and that could be considered a major release for uh, the fall. Um, so that's a wild card. The other wild card, though, is a game that I think a lot of people would not expect. But then again, I don't know why they wouldn't expect it. I have noticed that recently Ubisoft has been teasing the hell out of Rainbow Six. Uh, and they have been doing it with a lot of like whether it's stuff on Twitter or in the videos and stuff. And I know that they recently oh, announced, yeah. yeah see, because uh, I know that they they recently announced a like a new operator character for Rainbow Six Siege. And I think that a lot of people just believe, okay, that's all that that's all this is because they're still supporting Rainbow Six Siege right now. Every year they have new 
like another year or two, year three. They have more content, content that they do for that particular game. But what's to say that they haven't been working on another game entirely connected to Rainbow Six Siege? Um, I think that is a possibility only because they have been they have been adamantly teasing this for a while now with Rainbow Six Siege. So um, that's a possibility, maybe, 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 um, because I feel like that Rainbow Six Siege game that came out a long time ago. It feels like I don't I don't know exactly because I'm not looking at when it actually came out. It feels like it had to be at least three or four years that that game has been out. Um, and they continue to support it. It has obviously been su successful because of the continual support. But they have to be working on other content for that game, I, I, I would imagine. But to work on the actual new game entirely, I do think that that is possible. Um, but if I had to make a guess, I believe that 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 that, that, that would be one that people wouldn't expect. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, th those really are the only two that I could think in terms of a third game. Uh, what you said about Watch Dogs Three—we've been hearing rumors about Watch Dogs Three. You've heard a rumor about Watch Dogs Three taking place in London, also. So, if there is going to be a London event, I will 100% make sure that uh, you can try to get into that. Um, uh, thank uh, you for that. I would yeah, love to. I I think I think I think that would be awesome. Yes, and of course you played Watch Dogs too, so yeah, you you know a lot more about Watch Dogs to to know how to go into this game. So we'll see if that happens. But Watch Dogs three, yes, a hundred percent, and Splinter Cell, yeah, I I want Splinter Cell to happen. I know there was a uh, creative director that sent a tweet out this week, pretty much saying in the tweet that he's been working on the new um, Splinter Cell, and then of course you know. Stone Chen, who was a PR for Ubisoft, we know very well. Uh, he told he sent out a tweet telling him to, you know, not to be sharing his his messages like that. So I don't know if that was a troll or if that was serious or whatever. But um, Splinter Cell is a game that I expected to get announced at Ubisoft's event last year, and I was very disappointed when it didn't because the thing is that they revealed pretty much every game. Before it actually released, they revealed Assassin's Creed Odyssey because there was a leak for that. They revealed um, what was the other game that they revealed last year early? I, I can't, I can't really remember at the moment. But they they pretty much revealed all of the games they were working on. You know, all that stuff came out before E3 even happened. So, and I thought there was going to be some surprise when I actually went to the actual show, but then to find out that there wasn't any other surprises, oh, I was very disappointed. So. I 100% expect to see Splinter Cell. Uh, I don't know if it's coming out this year or early next year because one of those games is definitely coming out early next year. Uh, but I don't know which game that is. But um, if I had to make a guess, um, those would be the guesses as to what I asked to, you know, as far as what I think we're going to actually see. Uh, I know a long time ago when I went to a Ubisoft event for Far Cry. The creative director on that particular game was the creative director of Prince of Persia. And mm -hmm. I asked him at that event, what's going on with that series? He said, oh, well, that series is still around, but we haven't heard or seen anything about that series in a long, long, long time. Yeah, I was, so, I was actually about to ask you about that, like the possibility of there being a new Prince of Persia. Yes, um... That's definitely possible. 
And you know, I I, I honestly think that that they should do that because it seems like all of the games they've had as of late, it's all the tactical shooters like Ghost Recon. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those types of games. And even with Assassin's Creed, there's nothing wrong with Assassin's Creed. There's nothing wrong with, with, with Watch Dogs or this type of game. But Prince of Persia would definitely be something fresh that they can bring to the table right now because I feel like a lot of the stuff that they have is too much of the same. Yeah. So that 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 would be awesome if they showed that. Even if it's not releasing this year, that would be a fantastic announcement that no one would expect. That would surprise people as well because I feel like that series is long, long overdue right next to Splinter Cell in terms of it getting some type of update. Yeah, and like it felt like when the Assassin's Creed games started started to like rise in popularity, those games kind of took over from Prince of Persia, like because uh, mm-hmm. I remember like there was one uh, I forget the name of the that last Prince of Persia that came out, but that came out, and then I remember uh, the first Assassin's Creed came out, and there was a lot of hype around that, and you know I remember buying that game because of the hype. And that turned out to be a big deal, and people were impressed by how they blended like the the futuristic sci-fi stuff in with the you know the ancient setting. And then when Assassin's Creed Two came out, like the series just took off, and you know that became the new kind of adventure game for for Ubisoft. You know, um, and they didn't really make another Prince of Persia like that again after that. So. Um, so yeah like now that the assassin's creed games have kind of become a bit stale like i I know i know people still like you know the the most recent ones that came out origin and um and odyssey like i I know a lot of people love them people said they were great and everything but um i still feel like you know as as a whole the series is a bit stale and that's why they have to now space it out you know so that it comes out in two year spans and stuff Mm -hmm. So I think this is the perfect time to reintroduce Prince of Persia, and you know, because um, that that will definitely be very refreshing to to what they have now, because they have a lot of tactical shooters and things like that, and you know, uh, not everybody is interested in playing uh, tactical shooters and stuff. So I, I definitely think they need some more variety in there, and you know, if they have a Splinter Cell and a Watch Dogs and a prince of persia then i think that's you know a great great way to add variety to to the lineup oh i i agree 100 percent um they they and you know just to just you know to add add another point they, they could just as well uh announce a, a new ip uh but i don't have i have no idea what that ip would be i i, I just think you have these franchises that people are interested in the safer bet would be to do something with those franchises if it's going to take a while to work on something totally new, but um, what if there was one if one bit of advice I can give Ubisoft though, if they do decide to do this whole two year cycle with Assassin's Creed, they need to actually stick to that cycle because I recall that a couple of years ago we got Assassin's Creed Origins, then a year later we got Odyssey, and I'm like, man, I I, I hadn't even even touched Origins. By the time Odyssey came out, yeah. So it, it, I mean, I mean, if you're gonna do two years, yeah, do a really kick-ass a, a, a game, release that 
say if you want to release this this new one that's coming out in 2020 release that in 2020 but i don't want to see another assassin's creed until 2022 don't release it and do 2020 and then 2021 because i know they've been doing that with far cry like far cry 5 came out last year and then just a couple of months ago we got far cry new dawn which which because they have that whole development cycle where they try to develop two games at once where they have another team working on another part of the game to release at a later time as like a mini expansion or like another game entirely i don't want them to do that if you're going to do a two-year cycle for assassin's creed have it actually be two years because then that gives people time to miss the franchise and want to see what the next one is but um i don't think they're going to do that but uh we'll see we'll see um but very good point on prince of persia i would love to see that franchise return because it has been a long time and I was looking on Wikipedia while you were talking there was a Prince of Persia uh, mobile runner game that they released last year but I mean come on man that's a runner game on mobile phones yeah I, I, where, I don't count full, that yeah 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 I, I mean where where's the actual full fledged uh, game so they, they definitely have to be working on something I, but it's just a matter of when that's coming if that's going to get announced but I'm pretty sure they already know, aside from Splinter Cell, that is the next franchise people are going to be like, what's going on with this franchise? So, hopefully they are going to make that announcement in the future. If not next month, hopefully by next E3 in 2020. But, um, that definitely is something that they should bring back. I I, 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 I would say that that would be a great, a great idea if they brought that back. Yeah, and I would say, you know, um, seeing as they have these three unannounced games, they could potentially be the best uh, press conference this year E3 so you know maybe I, I, I was wrong for doubting, doubting them and saying that they're going to be the worst one again you know maybe they'll actually end up being the, the best conference at the show you never know well um, that's possible uh, but I but I, I mean yeah the, the surprises they will probably definitely have the best, the best surprises but um, I don't I I don't know, man. Uh, I I would not count out Microsoft. Um, they, 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 uh, he, here's the thing: they could end up becoming the best third-party uh, publisher to have the E3 conference. But Microsoft, I think Microsoft is is going to blow the roof off. Whatever they show, depending on what they show, because they said all their studios that they acquired are going to have something to show, which I find a little surprising. Uh, not all of them I don't think are going to have something to show but Ninja Theory definitely going to have something to show I don't know what that is so um, we'll see We'll see what that's all about but uh, yeah it's going to be a very interesting E3 to say the least for sure yes so uh, we have uh, two other topics to get into um, oh yeah awesome the first one uh, this one we probably ain't going to have much to say on this uh, it was reported that The Last of Us Part 2 development is finally starting to wrap up. Um, I know that Neil Druckmann had announced not too long ago that uh, they had finished shooting the last scene. And right now, I know uh, that Naughty Dog is doing like a lot of hiring to get people in to help with the final push of development. So I guess you can say that development has reached the critical stage. And at this point now, we're just going to be waiting to hear news on a release date and maybe some more gameplay now i know when i believe that they also announced this when god of war had finished their development process 
Um, I believe after that, it took maybe about, I want to say about eight to 12 months before you actually got to see the, the game hit stores or I don't, I don't know. It's hard to tell when it's going to be coming out. But after hearing this news, do you have any ideas as to when we're going to potentially see Last of Us? Uh, whether or not you think we're going to get a gameplay trailer this year or whether or not you think the game is coming out this year. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm going to... I'm going to say it's, it's coming next year. Um, okay. Whether it's, you know, springtime or in time for the PS5, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's not coming this year. Um, I mean, I guess the fact that they filmed the final scene, um, I, I think that there probably still needs to be a lot of work done. Like, they probably have to put a lot of polish on on the uh, the game. I'm guessing this is maybe, like, their, their first draft, if you will. Um, I'm trying to think about it in terms of, like, writing. Like, when you're writing a novel... You do your first draft and, you know, you have the entire story laid out in text, but then it takes months and months and months of polish and editing to get it to a state where you can actually publish it, you know. So I guess they're they're kind of at that state now where they have the entire game, you know, mapped out, um, you know, in each segment of the game mapped out, but they still have to do a lot of polish to make sure it all fits together and that it all flows and you know that there's no bugs and um that it's all fluid you know like and and ready to to be released um so I, i'm gonna guess that that might take you know another 11 12 months or so um just because of the quality of of their games you know like these are major productions um so yeah, I guess they're reaching that point now where they're gonna have to start crunching, like, um, and just you know really making this a solid piece of work, and that's gonna take time. Um, and I think their aim is really to just have it ready before the release of the PS5. I think that's their true aim. I don't think they're trying to rush out for the PS4 or anything like that. Like, you know, before next gen. I I think Sony wants wants to sell this with the ps5 i think that's their their vision for for this release because um, it makes sense like the timing of it all just makes sense like if you have the ps5 coming you may as well because this is the big game everybody's waiting for like if you own a playstation right now this is the game you want you want to play right now so to get people to make that that jump um they should you know plan to release this as close to ps5 as possible because uh we know that naughty dog is known for their you know uh, their ability to make visually stunning games so if you want to sell this 8k kind of you know uh console <laughs> hardware or whatever it is um i don't believe it's going to be you know running 8k day one to be honest but yeah um if you want to sell this idea of you know the next step this is the perfect game to do it because um, people don't know what death stranding is still so that's not the perfect game to sell because nobody knows what the hell the game is so um this is the game to do it with and you know i do believe this will be cross-platform so you know you can still get it on your ps4 but um i think it just makes sense to market it with the ps5 
and I guess we'll see, you know, what the direction will be um, when, I mean, I, I don't know what Sony's plans are in terms of the rollout for announcing the, the PS5 and announcing, you know, because I, I assume that now that they're they're at this stage of development, they are going to show something soon, you know, in the coming months. Um, so I, yeah. my guess is that there's a new Last of Us trailer coming. But I don't know when Sony plans to show that because, you know, obviously they're not going to be at E3. But uh, we do know that they're going to have a state of play somewhere near, you know, the uh, the time of E3. Mm -hmm. um, and they also might have, you know, some some other streams or events later this year. So who knows what, you know, Sony plans to do. But I do think we're going to see something new from The Last of Us very soon. But I don't think it's releasing this year. Oh yeah, well I, I think the way you laid that out is is, is, is pretty per perfect. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, if I had to make any plans initially, I, I thought in my mind they would show the Last of Us trailer um, or like a gameplay, some type of gameplay thing for the uh, state of play next month. Even though they haven't announced that there's a state of play next month, I think we all can all assume that that's going to happen. Because there's no way they're not going to have something at E3 right there, even though they're not going to be at E3. Uh, but as I thought about it further, uh, one thing that they haven't really confirmed yet is whether or not they're having a PSX this year. So I know that PSX, they showed that trailer at PSX before, the state for, for last of this part two. Um, if I recall correctly, I believe it debuted at PSX. And I have to check that. Cause, uh, you know, so anyone that's listening to this later, please do not shoot me. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just trying to use my memory for, to, to remember some of this stuff. But my thing is that I can totally see them showing a new trailer for The Last of Us Part Two at PSX in December. And at, at the end of that trailer, releasing spring 2020, they'll have an actual release date. Because then, of course, if they do that, everyone will be screaming, oh, it'll, they'll be screaming. The audience will be, will, will go crazy. You know, all the Sony fans, they'll, they'll go crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a realistic uh, time frame, a realistic goal. Because also, one thing I know people love is that when somebody announces a game and the release date is like coming up really, really soon, we saw that with Bethesda when they announced, um, what was it? Fallout, um, not 76, not that game. We will not talk about that game. Uh, Fallout 5, when they, when they announced it and they, and, and, you know, we, we saw it at E3 and then it was out like a few months later. This is probably exactly how they would treat this for Last of Us Part 2 where they have it at PSX in December and the game is coming out maybe in like March of next year if they, if they do that. Unless of course they just surprise everybody and drop it this year, which, I don't really know if that's possible because I don't know how far in development this thing is. Um, but I think early next year definitely lines up and it could be a cross-gen title. Of course, the question is going to be though, if this game is coming out next year, what is Sony going to drop this fall? Uh, and if I had to make a guess, I would say Ghost of Tsushima because I think that game has been, been in development for a very, very long time. Because if I recall correctly, Infamous Second Son, that really was the true first game that we got when PS4 launched. I mean, I know they had Killzone and all these other games, but that was the game 
that what that I was waiting for when I got PS4, I says, when is the really good exclusive coming out? And that was the first game I recall getting because I remember I got the platinum for that one. Um, so I I could totally see them releasing Ghost of Tsushima this fall as Sony's fall game, and then just ride off into you know if they have PSX, then they announce, oh yeah, Last of Us Part Two is coming out because I think because I think we can both agree. That Death Stranding is definitely not coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I highly doubt that. <laughs> but um, that's just my guess. I, obviously, you know that that could change. We'll have to see. But I, I feel like Last of Us coming out next year it makes sense, and it works very well as a cross-gen title. It, you know, because PS5 will probably be out next year as well. So we'll see. But that's that's just my my guess. Yeah, that makes the most sense, um, and I, I definitely agree. Ghost of Tsushima is probably going to come out first uh, among all these games that we're currently waiting for on PlayStation. So it makes sense that that game might release this year, um, but I definitely don't think we'll see Last of Us Two and Death Stranding until next year. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and. Uh... I would I would also say Ghost of Tsushima coming out this year totally makes sense because again, uh, Sekiro is uh, very popular right now. I think that is one of the surprise hits of this year for a lot of people. Oh yeah. So if Sony does release that game this year, this is an excellent timing for them. Excellent business strategy because a lot of people will be totally into that and that'll do that'll do very well for them. So, uh, but we'll see. Again, I don't know. I, it feels like that game has been in development a lot longer than these other two games. So, I would not be surprised if they did announce the game is coming this this fall. Uh, if they announce it at PSX or I'm gonna say or at State of Play or whatever. So, we'll see. Yeah. Do you think we'll also get a, a Horizon Two announcement? Um, you know, at the next State of Play or maybe PSX later this year. You know what? Um, I do feel that that announcement is coming because I know that the actress that uh, played, uh, uh, I believe it's uh, Iden Verso in the Star Wars Battlefront 2 game, she spilled the beans saying when the fan asked her, they, they, they thought her, they, they thanked her for all the work that she did when she played one of the characters in the DLC for Horizon. And she pretty much says, oh, well, wait till you see the sequel. Wait till you hear about the sequel. So I don't. I know she wasn't supposed to say that. Um, so the sequel is definitely in development. Uh, as far as when when we'll hear about that announcement, that definitely could happen at PSX if they have PSX played this year. That announcement is probably not going to happen for a while though. And this is a game that will definitely probably that we probably won't see until at the absolute earliest. I would say late 2021, maybe 2022. It's going to take a while because, I mean, they probably have some more content that they pulled from that last game that they can build off of because they had the DLC also. But I feel like that game is a ways away. There's no way that's coming anytime soon. But we'll see. Oh, you, it's possible. You, uh, you just made our friend Ramiz very upset by saying that. Uh-oh. Well, hold on. Oh, no. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hey, listen. Hey, Ramiz. I'm, I'm, hey, I could be totally wrong. I, I, I'm no expert. <laughs> but yeah, um, that that's actually uh, like the first Horizon was really great. I didn't get to finish it just because there was so many games. But 
I did play enough to know that they're definitely onto something with that series. So um, that's going to be a great I, a great announcement whenever they make it. I I I I must admit that I feel very bad because I have not had a chance to play it. And the funny thing is, is that I had purchased the game, downloaded it on on, on my PlayStation. I just literally haven't had the chance to play it because the same day that that game came out, uh, that was the same day I left for GDC. And I recall around that same time that Legend of Zelda game also came out. So I remember people making the comparison between this game and that game as to which game people would want, wanted to actually pick up and play. So hopefully I will get around to playing it. I have the game and the DLC already downloaded on my PS and PS4. I just need to make the time to actually play it. Um, but yeah, sequel is definitely coming. Um, I can't wait to, cause I have to play that. I have to play that. And I, and I also have to finish God of War. So I definitely have to finish these games, but just so people don't think I'm completely not playing games. I did complete Spider-Man. I did complete. Beyond, you know, uh, beyond Too Human, and I did complete Detroit. So I have been playing some of these games. I just haven't really finished all of them yet. Cool. Yeah, I don't think anyone's, you know, judging you. I mean, there, there's a there's so many games to keep up with nowadays. It's like you can't beat them all. So yeah, I mean, and you, I I know for a fact you've been playing more than me and beating more games than I have. So I mean, hey. If, if anyone wants to come at you for that, they should come at me because I uh oh uh oh <laughs> I haven't beat a game in a while. So all right, so uh, we'll, we'll definitely get a, a lot some some hate comments at, at, you know after this episode. Uh, so I'll be I'll be I'll be prepared for that. Yeah, I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, now let's shift gears and go on to our final topic for today. Which uh, apparently is uh, some news that surprised a hell of a lot of people. I know uh, th- 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 the throwdown has already touched on this, and I-, I think they were definitely surprised. But uh, we got some news that Microsoft and Sony they have announced that they will collaborate on new cloud-based solutions for gaming experiences and AI solutions. Um, this announcement was made, I believe, on Thursday of last week. And I guess that the internet, when they saw this this news, there was there was a lot of questions that that had a lot of questions people had, just uh, utter shock and amazement, because I guess they expect that Microsoft and Sony to always be competing against each other. And don't get it twisted, there still we will be some competition, obviously, because there's going to be people that want to see them compete, mm-hmm. but. Uh, what do you think about uh, this happening once you heard this this news? <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I know, like, you know, and I, I know the general uh, thought behind, you know, the these businesses and, you know, competition is that these companies hate each other and, you know, they'll never work with each other and, you know, their whole um, direction, like, they're, they're, everything they do is based on getting a one-up over the other company i know a lot of people think that and you know being on the podcast we like to entertain that discussion Um, yeah but the reality is that 
you know, when you have two big corporations like this and, you know, they're in the same, a lot of the same businesses, um, they are going to collaborate at some point. And, you know, um, you often see Microsoft people at Sony conferences and Sony people at Microsoft conferences and things like that. Like they, they do have communication. They, they communicate with each other a lot, you know, um, when it comes to, businesses and when they're moving into a completely new generation um, and bringing out new hardware they need to know that um, there's going to be uh, you know a, a balance if you will in terms of infrastructure and, and things like that because both companies want to, to, to you know push things forward they want to take the next step and they need to make sure that they're both on the same page to be able to do that because yes one one console may be slightly more powerful than the other but they need to make sure that they're around that they're around the same sort of price range and things like that because if you know if one if one company does something significantly different they could actually hurt the entire industry like they could cripple the industry so a lot of times these companies work together, you know, uh, whether it's video game consoles or the cell phone market. Um, like, you know, we, we all think that Apple and Samsung hate each other, but they actually do business together, too. Like they supply parts to each other and all sorts of things like that. Like there, there's all sorts of different um, areas where they actually work together and they have to work together, you know, um, so that. The, the industry is able to continue moving forward so you know they have to meet in the middle at certain points you know whether it's apple google apple samsung sony microsoft you know they they're in the same field so they're gonna have to do the same things and at some point they're gonna have to work together on on certain on a certain level and with this this is basically uh based on cloud gaming solutions so my guess is that in these new consoles it's going to be heavily cloud focused and it's probably cheaper for them to collaborate with each other so that you know they have a stable cloud solution um and you know they're, they're not bleeding money having to pay for you know an, some sort of external cloud service or something like that you know maybe it makes more sense financially for both companies to collaborate on this you know um and that that might actually save both companies a lot more money and you know that might actually make the consoles cheaper for us or something you know you never yeah. know so th this might benefit everyone so i think it's just that i think this is all about business you know it's all about business profits and um making sure that these next consoles are priced in a way that's uh suitable for for the customer so i think that's what this comes down to ultimately um of course they are still competitors and they're still going to operate as competitors but you know i i guess they just have to sort of lay a foundation so that they're able to both make profit and, and both coexist uh within this next generation that's that's approaching so i, I think that's what this is all about Oh yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, 
it's like it's it's all about making sure that the gamers are are satisfied and trying to give them as much incentive as possible so that they will continue playing. I mean, I I, I mean Phil Spencer has always had the mindset of thinking about the gamers, and I do believe that he is a reason. He is the main reason why Microsoft is turning things around with Xbox, because after all, after the way Xbox One launched, uh, I, I I mean I didn't know how they was going to recover. So they made a wise choice to to, to to put Phil in power and have him steer that ship in a much more positive direction. So um, I'm definitely glad that they that they are open to that they are now collaborating with Sony on this. I'm glad Microsoft has been working with Nintendo to try and do more things. So, so hopefully, um, that, the question I wanted to ask you now, now that the, this collaboration is been made official between Microsoft and Sony, do you think that Sony may eventually ease into doing more of this cross-platform stuff that Nintendo and Microsoft are heavily involved in right now? Or do you think that they, they're going to still have limits on what they do uh, just because they, they want to yeah. be difficult. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Sony's hand is going to be forced um, at the end of the day. <laughs> I I don't think they want to do cross-play and cross-networking at all, but I think their hand is going to be forced. Like, with the EA Play thing, um, like or the EA Access, whatever it's called, um, yeah. you know, eventually they had to give in and let that service exist on, on the PlayStation Network. And I feel like it's going to be the same with cross-play. Um, I feel like for the industry to grow to the next level, you know, esports and, um, you know, Fortnite events and, and um, global events and things like that. Like, all these things are going to make the, the, uh, the gaming industry go to the next step. You know, um, if you look at it, like, Overwatch actually just broke a, a record with the latest uh, stage of the Overwatch League. Like they had um i think it was like half a million views that they're, they're the first esport basically to have half a million views on one of the the big u.s networks i forget which one maybe it's espn or abc i can't remember but um, espn okay espn so yeah they're the first to, to to get that many ratings and i feel like this is the way forward like esports and these global gaming events are going to be a big deal next generation um so sony is going to have to participate in these things because let's say there's some sort of huge fortnite global event where you know everyone can kind of participate or try to you know um maybe there's like a stage where regular people could be considered for for a league or something like that but you have to participate in this global event kind of thing and rank high and then maybe you you get signed and you're able to join you know this this uh tournament that's going to be televised maybe you know um so for things like that to happen there has to be a, you know you, there has to be cross play like you're going to have to be able to participate no matter what platform you have so i think that's really the way forward and that's what all companies are going to try to achieve uh, next generation because that opens up a whole new revenue door if you can get gaming to that level where people are competing on TV and, and things like that you know and with the Overwatch League it's like um, sure a lot of these players are professionals they're paid to just play the game all day every day but 
there has been cases with the Overwatch League where just regular Joes have been signed to big major teams in the Overwatch League. So, you know, I, I feel like moving forward, that's going to be a big deal where everybody is going to be on these games competing uh, with the dream that they could one day be paid millions of dollars to, to play their favorite game, you know. So um, I think it's very important that crossplay exists moving forward. Um, so I, I think maybe this uh, particular news topic that we're seeing about the cloud gaming, I think maybe that might be part of the stipulation because if you look at it, Sony is going to be working with uh, Microsoft's data center. Um, so that means, you know, they're going to be essentially using um, Microsoft's infrastructure, you know, so I, to, for, for, for that to happen, I would assume there's some sort of deal where cross-play is going to be standard, you know, standardized. So um, I think definitely that's going to happen moving forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I did not know about that other part. Which part? I didn't know about that about them having to use uh, they have access to other uh, other parts of that Microsoft uh, infrastructure. Oh yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's a big part of it. So, so yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's ways where uh, I'm sure there's things that Sony are offering to Microsoft also. But from what I read, Sony is going to be using uh, Microsoft's infrastructure to deliver their own cloud-based solutions so um you know that gives a lot of power to to microsoft but i'm assuming there's some sort of understanding here and um, but you know to put this into perspective right because i recently read a, a book that went into detail about the marvel versus dc comic book war um and you know it talked about a lot of the, the early days of comics and stuff and there was a time where dc was like number one and uh because dc was like a, a corporation at that point they had their own distributor service that would distribute all the comics to you know newsstands around the country and things like that and marvel because you know they were kind of smaller at this time this was like the, the 50s or 60s or something like that um they actually had to use dc's dis- distributor um so that they could get their comics to newsstands also so you know dc were essentially making money from all of marvel's uh comics you know even when marvel marvel eventually started to sell more comics than dc and DC was actually making money from that still, you know, even though Marvel was selling more. So sometimes things like that are, you know, essential. Like maybe there, there, there will be two companies directly, directly competing with each other. But at, on some level, they still have to work together to kind of move the industry forward and let the industry grow. And the objective here for Sony and Microsoft is to see that this industry grow to the next step and they have to do it together because then they they both benefit from that you know that they're going to be making even more money than they already are so they need each other for for it to grow to that next step so i think that's what's happening here i agree yeah i I, I agree i I agree 100 percent um so i mean i'm 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 very curious to see what this would mean moving forward uh for both companies 
uh, I'm also curious to see how the fans are going to uh, react to this. I, I, I haven't really taken a look at social media, so I don't really know if there was any people that was uh, that was angry about this news. But uh, I mean, if, you, if you're a gamer that, that cares about gaming and not just the platform, then you should look at this as a win for everybody. Um, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure there are some people out there that, that are that are not too happy about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's unhappy about it probably just doesn't understand business and you know why this is a thing. And I mean, we like I'm not claiming that we know everything there is to know because it's still too early to tell exactly, you know, um, what's going to come of this. Because I I assume that this is definitely next gen related. So I, yeah. I think I think it's going to take both companies to reveal the next consoles and what they can do for us to really understand why they're doing this. Um, and it seems like there's going to be a lot of emphasis on cloud-based gaming um, and you know stuff going on in the network. So um, I guess look out for that. Like uh, expect a lot of cloud-based stuff and a lot of. Um, expansions with the networks like playstation network and xbox live like uh, i feel like um they're gonna do a lot uh, a lot more ambitious things with the services on the next consoles and that's what this is about oh yeah absolutely i agree so we'll see we'll see what the future holds indeed so, uh, any more thoughts that you wanted to share or any other topics you wanted to bring up before we get ready to wrap up the show? Um, now, I, I know we just, you know, pitched this whole idea of companies working together peacefully. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to say that I, I think Microsoft is going to dominate next generation and <laughs> Sony is going to be on a decline again. You, th- you think so? Well, well, that, well, that, well, that, that is the trend that we have definitely seen with PS3 uh, and Xbox 360 versus the Xbox One and, and PS4. So that, that 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 trend can certainly continue. Um, but you know, I, I guess uh, we definitely will have to. I think we should have like a a, a that, that that that's a great topic for a versus to break down, and maybe we could have a. Uh, our very good, our very good friend, Mr. Edward V, jump on the show. So, 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 I, I tell you what, let's let's issue a challenge to Ed now about that. Let's have a discussion about next gen and talk about the pros and cons. What, why you think Microsoft will dominate, and why why you think uh, Sony will, will dominate? Unless, of course, you know, you both are going to represent Microsoft, and then 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 it won't work. We will have to have a, a Sony person jump on to to defend that 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 particular argument. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll, we'll hit up Reggie. I'm sure Reggie will have some things to say about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to get blocked again. So, no, I'm oh, oh, I'm going to keep quiet about uh, about Sony. Yeah, but but I, but I, I, but I, I will say this though. I, I do believe that Microsoft is definitely positioning themselves to have a a, a much better. Uh, uh, better showing next generation I mean with all the studio announcements the acquisitions it's, it's clear that they are putting money into this, this stuff and they're trying to take it serious so yeah I, I mean, mean I, I, 
everything we're seeing suggests that Microsoft is fully ready and that they've been preparing for yeah you know, for what's next. So I, f- I feel hey. like they have more in place than Sony does for the transition. Oh yeah, and, 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 and I do believe that they are going to announce this next console in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, they're either going to like announce, like say, you know, yes, in E3 2020, we're going to reveal the console, or they're going to just straight up announce and say, this is the console, this is what it looks like, and it's coming in 2020. They're going to they're going to do something about that because they have to understand the opportunity that they have, where they are the only one of the big three that is actually going to have a conference this year. They, and I do believe that because they know that they're going to take advantage of that because that's a weight. It, it carries a lot, a lot of weight to have that opportunity. So I don't think they're just going to not utilize that opportunity to do something big that everybody will talk to, will be talking about, but um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And I, I want to hear more thoughts on this from people listening. So leave your comments or hit us up on Twitter and let us know some of your thoughts on this yeah yeah definitely definitely I would definitely encourage people to do that because um, I think it'll be interesting to see what the overall response will be but we will definitely revisit this conversation again because I mean this is a conversation we're definitely going to be having more of as, as we learn more about each console or when it's coming out, what games are coming to the console? Yeah, we're definitely going to continue to expand upon this particular discussion. I promise that. All right. So, any any other uh, topics, or is that, or or, or, or or are you ready to wrap up the show? Uh, that's it for now, I guess. Um... I mean, we're at a point where we really, you know, I'm just waiting to learn more and more about um, what, what we're going to see at E3. And, you know, as we get closer and closer, more details are going to come out. So I don't want to over speculate and then be wrong about things. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for more information. So I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a chill for now till next they, week. They, 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 I'm pretty sure there will be a ton of leaks that will happen within the next two weeks that will pretty much reveal all of E3 2019 and, and then you know we'll, we'll, we can talk about that stuff and then once it is confirmed we can re- reconfirm that yes this did happen this this did happen that type of stuff so but um yeah as you said plenty of news is coming so everybody listening definitely stay tuned for that uh and and as for uh you know the next couple of shows you know we, we are going to have a, a special guest on next week We'll provide more details about that uh, when the time comes. But uh, we are going to be having a prediction show as well coming soon. So I would definitely encourage everybody, if you listen to listen to today's show, definitely keep listening because we're going to have a prediction show in a few weeks as well as a reaction show. Because for those of you who do know, when we record the co-op on Sunday, we're actually going to be recording one of those episodes directly after the Microsoft conference. So you definitely, definitely want to stay tuned for that stuff. Plenty of discussions coming uh, and a lot of exciting topics to cover. So stay tuned for all of that in the next couple of weeks. Um, And yes, uh, definitely thank you all for listening. Uh, I want to thank everybody on the coalition staff for their continued uh, support and and all of the hard work. 
uh, definitely check out uh, the WrestleCast podcast that I recorded with uh, Dana and Adam uh, for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which is actually taking place uh, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, if you have the, 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 the WWE Network, that is, uh, yeah, you can definitely watch it there, uh, unless you find another way to watch it, and I'm not endorsing anything, I just said WWE Network, so <laughs> remember I said that. Um, but check that out, and check out the podcast I did with Dana for, uh, John Wick 3, both saw the movie, it's an awesome movie. If you like action-packed films, make sure you go see that movie ASAP, do not hesitate, it's an awesome film. Um, but yeah, check that out. Uh, for sure. And thank you for your art, for your continued support. Uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for shout outs. Yep, as always, uh, big shout outs to our Patreon supporters, M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Hendel, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Goretti. We appreciate your continued support. Uh, don't forget, you know, if you are listening and you're enjoying the show, you know, uh, your contributions will help improve the show and grow the show and even better our coverage for E3 and things like that so um, definitely uh, think about supporting us if, if you you know enjoy what we're putting out there um, and you know the more contributions we get the more we're able to do and things like that so uh, we, we fully appreciate the people who have already been supporting us for a long time now so thanks a bunch to you guys um and I also want to give an additional shout-out to the Coalition team. You know, Richard, Dana, Tatiana, Tony, JJ, um, and, you know, Adam Vale, who's been, you know, putting out some, some great reviews lately as well. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Anthony Nash, um, Asad Quadri, and everyone else who, you know, who contributes to the site and everything. So big shouts to all of you guys and um i want to say thanks to you know my close friends ramiz and carl for always supporting and everything um so big shouts to them too and um, and edward velasquez like you need to come back on the show because i saw you talking smack last week so we need you <laughs> we need you on to cover this xbox show man so make sure you're here and that's pretty much it awesome sounds good to me Yes. So, thank you all for listening. Your continued support. Hope that you all have a great week. We will talk to you all next Sunday. Indeed. And enjoy Game of Thrones, everyone. Oh yeah, Game of Thrones. Yes, Game of Thrones. Definitely watch Game of Thrones tonight. (laughs) Peace.